uh, music that uplifts and inspires and encourages me in my walk with God. And there is no CD that has encouraged me more in the last like month and a half than the CD Come to Me that Maranatha has just produced. And I know I'm a little biased, I know I like the recording a lot, but I know that if you purchase that, it'll be a great encouragement to your heart. And uh, really just in the days in which we're living, we need encouragement, we need uh, time to grow, time to be encouraged, and just look to Christ. So I want to encourage you to stop by the table and take a look uh, back there. Pastor, thank you again for the opportunity to be here, and we're just thankful for the chance to minister and share the word with you this morning. I'd ask you to take your Bibles with me and turn to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2 for just a few moments this morning. It's exciting uh, around this time of year to get to reflect and uh, meditate and think about all of those who have sacrificed so much for our country. I'd like to acknowledge that this morning with Memorial Day and thank those of you who have served in our military and for those who have gone and died for our freedom. My dad always said this, he said, son, freedom is not free. And there are many, many, many individuals who have paid the price for our freedom and I'm thankful for that. And every time I gather in church, I just thank the Lord of the freedom that we have to meet as believers and to uphold and uplift and preach the Word of God. That is a gift that not every country in this world has and so I'm thankful today that we can reflect on those who have gone before and sacrificed for our freedom. But we're looking in Titus chapter 2, I just want to look at one verse this morning and encourage our hearts with the truth that we already talked about. And that is the coming of Jesus Christ. So if you will notice with me in Titus 2 and verse 13 where the Bible says this. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. You know, many years ago, as a young man, I had the opportunity to travel in evangelism with my family. Uh, many of you know that we've heard of evangelism team. We've been here before in Rochester, and we traveled for 14 years. And since we were traveling so much, we were homeschooled. We didn't have the opportunity to go to a Christian school or a, a private school, and so. Oftentimes, we would kind of take over a room in the church. We would uh, take all of our school stuff and set up our, our displays, our TVs displays, and get all our books and all of our homework. And uh, I often remember, as a young person, being homeschooled and going to so many different places, becoming very distracted by things that were going on around me. You know, the pastor walks into the room and begins to talk to my mom and my dad, and, and all these kids, we want to know what mom and dad are talking to the pastor or a bird flies by the window and we go, oh, that's Or if something else happens, we get a text from one of our friends and we feel like, oh, yeah, make sure I communicate with my friends. Well, many, many times, my mom would come to me and to my siblings, Valentine, Michaela, and Kevin, and she would say, listen, guys, when we come to this schoolroom, we must keep the main thing the main thing. Listen, there's a lot of distractions, but listen, when we come to this schoolroom, your mother means business, okay? And she'll get real serious with us and she's, you say, hey, let's keep, keep school central, forget all the distractions, set those things aside. Let's keep the main thing the main thing. You know, I think often in our Christian lives, we, we become very susceptible to this worldly philosophy that you can have many main things in life. Your work can be a priority, your family can be a priority, your sports can be a priority, your hobbies 
PPA fly wording. But I'd like to say to us today that there should be one focus, one main thing in the Christian life, and that is Jesus Christ. You think of the text in Hebrews 12 and verse 2 that talks about looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That has the idea of fixating our gaze on him, having a focus, knowing Jesus Christ, and so we look to Jesus Christ. But in Matthew 11, he talks about learning of Christ. So we must be learning of Christ. This is how we kind of keep the main thing the main thing. This is how we keep Christ central. And is this not why we are here, even this morning, to learn of Christ? But I want us to notice in Titus chapter 2, a very profound truth, that to keep Christ central, to keep the main thing the main thing, there should be a certain expectation, expectancy in our lives as Christians. That we are looking forward, we are looking ahead, we are setting our affections on things above and not on things on this earth. And so Titus reminds us this morning that we must be looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's interesting, this word right here in Titus 2, verse 13, that's translated looking, is a different word than what's translated in like Hebrews 12, 2, where it says looking unto Jesus. This has the idea of a hope. It's being excited for a future event. It's anticipating something that is to come. You know, as a kid, I'll never forget many times when we would sit down with my parents and begin to look at our year. Oftentimes, you know, the New Year comes and you pull out your calendar and you say, this day we're going here, this day we're going to do this. And many times we would sit down uh, the first of the year and say, okay, here we go. August. We're going on vacation. We're going to Disney World. Or we're going to ski. Or we're going somewhere we're going to have a family vacation. And all of us kids would go, let's go, this is going to be amazing, this is going to be exciting. Now you're going to think about all the time in between that we have to look forward to our vacation. Can I remind us this morning as Christians that we are pilgrims. We are strangers in this land. We are just passing through this whole world with a future hope that is coming. That is the glorious return of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Christian, Christians are tied today to the things of this world. And I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's stress. Maybe it's sin. Maybe it's another weight that's easily besetting you. That's tying your heart and binding your thoughts to the temple. To what is seen here on earth. And this is why the Apostle Paul over and over reminds us in his epistles that we shouldn't be looking at the things that are seen. Because the things that are seen are temporal. But the things that we don't see are eternal. And so we set our minds on things above and we look for that blessed hope. And it, it, as you read down through our text here in Titus chapter 2, he, he tells us why. Why we can look for this blessed hope. In verse 14, he says, Who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. I love that word, redeem. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Christian, are you thankful for salvation this morning? Amen. Are you thankful for the, the spilled blood of the Lord Jesus Christ on your behalf? He's redeemed us. He set us free from Satan, from sin, from self. And this is why we can look forward to that 
wonderful day when Jesus Christ will call us to be home with him forever. So I want to encourage you this morning. Look up. Lift your gaze from this old world, from the temporal, from the material pleasures, from the fleeting things of this life and set your affection on things above. And anticipate, look forward to that day when Christ will call us home to be with him forever. And Christians, may the gospel, may salvation never rest lightly on our hearts. You know, I have to just give a personal testimony. This church, Victory Baptist Church here in Rochester, Minnesota, is a very special place in my life. About 17 years ago, in 2004, we were here for evangelistic meetings. And I'll never forget, May 3rd, 2004, we were right here in this parking lot. And I was taking a nap in my, in my bed, and as a young man, I'd heard the gospel many times. And I woke up and began to think about sin and death and heaven and hell. And as a young four-year-old boy, I got out of my bed and I ran to my dad and I said, Dad, I want to get saved. I know Christ loves me. I know I'm a, I'm a sinful person. And so I'll never forget, my dad, right out here in this parking lot, walked me out of our trailer. We walked right in here, right back to the, the pastor's office. We sat down in those chairs. My dad shared the gospel with me, uh, as he had done many times in the past. And right there, right here, Rochester, Minnesota, Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day. A day I will never forget. Redeemed. Right here at Victory Baptist Church in Rochester, Minnesota. And I'm asking you Christians this morning, do you remember that day? Do you know Christ as personal Savior? You can trust Him. You can know Him. We can anticipate together as believers that day when He will come and call us home to be with Himself. And this is what it means to keep the main thing, the main thing. We must be longing, yearning, anticipating, looking forward to that day when Christ comes again and calls us to be with Him. You know what? This is a great source of encouragement, isn't it? We look around at the world and all the chaos and the COVID and the political scene and we say, oh my, our world is falling apart. But if you're anything like me in the past year, your hearts have been drawn to truth like this. And our hearts cry, Lord Jesus, come quickly. And I hope that's your prayer. There's a world that's dying and lost without the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we must be witnessing, we must be shining the light of the gospel in our communities. But until he calls us home, we must be diligent in laboring for our Lord. Keeping the main thing, the main thing. I read a story once of a man named Adolf Menzel. He was a German artist who created a painting, and he entitled this painting, Frederick the Great's Address to His Generals Before the Battle of Luthen. And this historical piece of art depicts Frederick the Great's speech to his generals in December of 1757 during the Seven Years' War before their famous battle in Cilicia against the Austrians. And so Adolf Menzel began this painting, it was a very long project, and he actually didn't complete the painting. He began it in 1859, but in 1861, he passed away, and the painting was just halfway finished. And it's really interesting, if you look up this painting on Google, you can see it. What he had accomplished, everything in the painting was done. You know, he had the background soldiers, he had the forest, he had the fog, he had the rain, he had the lightning. But there was one part of the painting that was missing. It was 
the centerpiece. It was Frederick the Great. It was the main thing. You know, when I think of that painting, when I look at that painting, I think it depicts many believers' lives. Oh, we have our religion, we have our church, we have our family, we have our work, we have our education. And all the surroundings of our portrait of life are complete. But we're missing the main thing. We're missing the point. We're missing the central figure of our Christian life, and that is Christ. We're missing that longing, that expectation to see Him, to know Him, and to be like Him. And my prayer for us this morning is that our lives would not be pictured by Adolf Menzel's painting. Oh, that we would fill that space, that we would keep Christ central, that we would keep the main thing the main thing. May God help us all in this endeavor, by His grace, strengthening us to pursue Him, to become more like the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment this morning? I'd like to just take a, a time of quiet reflection and response upon this very simple truth. Jesus is coming again. What a day, a glorious day that will be. Christian, what's distracting you from the main thing? Him right put it, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Maybe your heart this morning needs revival. Your priorities need to be realigned to make Christ central, to keep the main thing the main thing. Earnestly long for and anticipate that day when we will see him face to face. Right now, as Dylan begins to play, would you do business with God?
we are sojourners as your disciples. Give us that perspective. Remind us, remind us of our heavenly citizenship as believers. And Lord, I pray that you would help us, strengthen us to run the race that you have set before us. We love you and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says this, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint.
excellent, excellent music. I love the freshness to some very familiar music. That is, that is an absolute delight. And you guys are clearly a talented bunch. Now, don't forget, the challenge here is to be expecting. To be expecting. I'm expecting kids, but that's good too. But to be expecting the Lord Jesus. And, you know, in the New Testament, people were so fervently expecting Messiah that politicians got nervous. Did you know that? Yeah, I, I just, I, I think to myself, I see myself, I'm sitting here. You know, I'm expecting the Lord Jesus Christ to come back soon, but could I prove it? Would somebody be convinced of that by my life? And I challenge you to think the same. This afternoon, I, you know, how would I prove that, yes, I'm longing for the Lord Jesus Christ to come back? What evidence in my life is it that shows that? And friend, if you're yet without Jesus Christ, you see, maybe you don't like Victory Baptist Church. I'm glad for that. But I want you to do more than just like this church. Uh, I, in fact, I kind of do care if you like this church. What matters to me and to each one here that attends is the fact that you love the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because this church can't take you to heaven, folks. Amen? This church can't get you anywhere good. Uh, it's, it's only the Savior Jesus Christ who can help. Now, I, I am big on Christian education. I'm big on Bible college. I am not one who would say that the will of God is that you must go to Bible college. I realize God calls different people to different places, but I think everybody... Uh, young people especially ought to consider Bible college. I'll tell you, every, every Bible college class I think I have, and then I've had a seminary class as well, that always had some folks in it that were, shall we say, more mature than me. So it's something that all of us can think about. And, I, and the reason why I just I believe so much in Bible college is the fact that it gives you a chance to develop a biblical perspective on your vocation, if that's what you're doing, if you're headed towards a career, it's a very safe place to make some, some of your most important decisions. It provides a safe place to make those important decisions. Now, we don't go to Bible college and meet a spouse. We go to seek the Lord, right? But I'll tell you what, where else are you going to find a better place? To find men, men, young ladies, and to choose a spouse to consider a person to spend the rest of your life with. And I'll tell you what, this is some personal experience. I'll tell you what, one of the things I appreciate about my Bible college training was that the financial manager would pray with me. You can't get that at a secular school. They want to give you a loan. They want to they want find you some kind of grant or something else or another thing. But the financial manager that I dealt with, he would pray with me. I realize you're under things here. Let's pray and ask the Lord about this. And you know what? You just can't get that in your house. And Maranatha, like the other schools that we feature here, is a great, great opportunity to do that. Well, don't forget, we do have an offering plate uh, for a love offering for Maranatha. No, Maranatha, I realize provides for you guys and helps you out. But uh, there is a, a cost that comes with it, and so that is provided in that respect. Um, Ron, I do need to see you if you can catch a few details as well before, uh, before we're all gone. Um, and don't fail to go ahead and look at the material back there and consider. You heard, I mean, you heard the great news this morning, right? Agreed? 
And uh, so make sure that you take a peek at that. And praise God, we were able to touch this group in some way 17 years ago. We do. The world is so small. The older I get, the more I realize this world is much smaller than I ever thought uh, it would be. So let's go ahead. We'll stand together. I'm going to close in prayer. And then you are dismissed. And I hope you all got on well. They start raining again. Well, that's all right. The farmers need it, right? So we need it for our food as well. Let's go ahead and close with a word of prayer. Father God, we give thanks this morning. Father, we have been touched, not simply at the ears, but we have been challenged at the heart. And Father, I pray that we here, this, this band of brethren here at Victory Baptist Church, we would be a people upon whom an indictment would stick. And that indictment would be that they love the Lord Jesus Christ and they expect Him at any moment. And Father, we give you the thanks and the praise that we have this assurance of salvation. That we have this opportunity to, to, uh, to revel in and to profit from the self-sacrifice of Jesus Christ. For we know it doesn't come from our righteousness. Our righteousness is filthy rags. We know that it can't come from our good works. We would only boast. But Father, your grace is so rich and free. I pray that everybody in this room this morning would be convinced of that truth. And we'll give you thanks and praise. God, I pray for a special, a special hand of protection upon each one that has come this morning. Lord, our roads are wet, and Father, indeed, then dangerous. Bless these young men as they go to their next meeting, Father, and I just pray that you would use them mightily. Father, may as a result of their being here, I pray that they would feel and know that they are empowered by the love and the support of your people. Father, bless this afternoon, we pray, Lord, especially as we reflect on the cost of what it takes purchase freedom. We pray this in Jesus' wonderful, wonderful name. Amen.